Hello and welcome to Super Saturday as a comic media podcast where each episode we will be focusing on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and movies to figure out if these projects will stand the test of hot time. I'm Damon A and on today's episode I'm joined by uh, JC Elliott. All right, on with the show. Uh, so, you love comic books, so I want to hear your thoughts on maybe a, a news item that came up within this week. Mm. Let's see. And, well, actually, you, you know what? Do the work for me, because in all honesty, I forgot to grab the notes for this week. So, mm. is there anything within the comic book news realm that really grabbed your attention? Um, I think mainly, uh, of course, Blue Beetle coming out, but I haven't seen that yet. It's coming out Saturday. Um, I'm... I'm I'm going to go see on Saturday, but mainly like, you know, I watched like an interesting video by, I don't know if you ever uh, watched comic Drake, the YouTuber. Um, he uploaded, yeah, like, yeah, of course. So, yeah. He uploaded a video about ways. Cause I'm also a huge manga reader as well about ways like the comic book industry can take from like the manga industry and all that stuff. And you mentioned something that I really liked is the idea of just like, maybe like compiling like a lot of the books into like, one big magazine like if you're unfamiliar if um you or anybody else watching is unfamiliar with uh weekly shonen jump is that like you know basically you get like you know um you get like it's like a magazine weekly magazine and you get like you know new chapters of the current series that like for example let's take one piece like you get like a you get like a like a whole book and it'll be take the and it'll have like the new chapters like for example like the newest chapter of one piece new chapter of my hero academia the new chapter of jujutsu kaisen and it, that way you have it all in like one place and i think that's something that like the comic book industry can definitely like you know learn from and whatnot so that's something that i'm always interested in because like you know i'm a fan of both manga and comics pretty much equally i don't have a preference over one or the other but i do think like you know it's like you know it's telling that a lot more people think that it's like harder to get into comics than manga and whatnot when you know i feel there's ways we should like you know the industry should make it easier I agree with that. Honestly, I feel like one of the ways that they could have made it easier is let comics be more accessible, like how it used to be. Because I remember they used to sell them at grocery stores. Yeah. Uh, I know that like DC tried kind of revitalizing that with the whole uh, Walmart deal that they had, where they would release a magazine that had some reprints, but then it had like one new comic in there. Yeah. I think that would be a good way to like really engage readers and get people to start reading comics. I heard a couple of different people who are big into the MCU stuff flat out admit i don't read the comics i just watch the movies which there's nothing really wrong for that but i think comics can be really daunting for some people and hard for them to really get into and making it easier for them to like find means of doing it 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 just makes it better it also helps the uh the, the artists and the writers who are working on them as well too i think that's why i like that james gunn is doing a lot to point people towards the books that he, that the movies he's working on are going to be expired and just him talking about them in general. Yeah, I was just about to bring up James Gunn. I think what he was doing, what he's doing when it comes to like promoting these comics, because it, it didn't just start with like James Gunn as well, because like the Batman last year, it actually promoted like, you know, Matt Reeves promoted like comic books that um, his like, you know, that specifically the Batman was inspired by. I forgot which comics he promoted, but like, you know, I think it was a uh, Batman ego. And yeah. uh, it was year one, Ego, and I want to say maybe Dark Victory, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, of course. Oh, and Long Halloween too, a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah, the long Halloween that's definitely something I remember. So yeah. Honestly, I completely forgot that like Matt Reeves did sit down and let people know. I know I remember people were hella like excited and even surprised that he was pulling from ego because that's like a book that like not many people talk about. And I I, th- I thought that was a good way to like really tell them that, like, yo, I did my homework and everything. Yeah, that's a green flag when they take something very obscure and just like and just like, you know, use it as like a source material. Exactly. Exactly. So on today's episode, we are doing the Spider-Man and Human Torch miniseries. So before we really dive into this episode here, I just want to re- ask you, JC, what was your first introduction to the Human Torch? My first introduction to Human Torch was the 2005 Fantastic Four movie. Um, I still hold a lot of love for that movie, even though they're obviously, it's not the definitive, nowhere close to the definitive Fantastic Four movies, Fantastic Four movie, but like, you know, maybe it's the fact that like a lot of the other Fantastic Four movies are just like, meh that like people that i like it so much maybe it's just nostalgia but i feel a lot of that stuff actually holds up and my favorite member of fantastic four originally like when i was like you know when i saw the film i was five was the human torch because like, mm-hmm. you know, i felt like you know just him being like this like you know kind of like you know laid back jokester type of character i just thought he was like really cool um so yeah that was probably my first introduction to um to the human torch and it's always been like you know i say right now my favorite Probably like you know, interchangeable between maybe him and the thing when it comes to members of the Fantastic Four. But like you know, Human Torch was the first was like the first member of the Fantastic Four that I really liked. Honestly, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, not him being the favorite, but I would say that my first introduction would have to be the 2005 movies. Actually, no, take that back. I think it'd be the 90s anima- animated series because okay. I remember uh, seeing them because of the, from there. And that was my first introduction to the Fantastic Four. And then the movie came out and I was like hella excited. And uh, the Human Torch has always been a character that I really fucked with. Like primarily because of like his powers and how he was cool and how he was just funny. Yeah. And in this book, he he was kind of a dick, but like they really bounced him and Spider-Man off of each other. And ever since I was like younger and found out that the Human Torch and Spidey are like best friends, it just made it even better. And I'm so glad that you liked those uh, early 2000 Fantastic Four movies. I like how those are movies are getting kind of resurgence on Twitter because I see a lot of people talking about them and talking about how like, they can take it. for They took those movies for granted. And like, it's not the best movie, but it did a really good job of like telling you who the team is and everything. Yeah. I think the first movie and y'all might hate me for this soups. I personally feel like the first movie feels like a movie that could have been in the MCU. Yeah, I like to describe the Fantastic Four movies because I felt it a lot right. It feels like a pilot to like a Fantastic Four TV. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel mm. like, you know, because what these movies are mainly missing are the is like the exploration of the Fantastic Four. Like the and grand story, the grand exactly, scale. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like, you know, we're just on like episode one and they don't go past episode one. You get the basis, you get the team, you get Doom who is very much the worst part of it because he's literally just a reskin Norman Osborn. And like he, um, and I think really like, you know, I think like it gets a lot right. I think like the casting with the exception of Ben Grimm only because the actor isn't Jewish like Ben is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, I think like, but even then I felt about like, in, like out, and even outside of that, I feel like the casting is like, I still think Yoan Grafud as Reed Richards is literally perfect casting. Just like, perfect. Right, yeah, right casting just 
raw movie needed better writing. I would have loved to like, I don't know. I, I'd love to see him like return as like a cameo one day, but overall that's like, you know, that's just always been like, you know, my, I've always liked those movies, even though I know that they're flawed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I personally feel like instead of us getting, um, Oh God, drawing a blank. Uh, uh, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic yeah. and Mel Irish Madness. They should have just did Ian Grufford instead. I feel like it would have had the same type of like appeal. It, it would have been awesome. I would have liked to have seen it. And like, I think the Fantastic Four movie was excellently casted. Yeah. I think uh, the guy, Michael Chiklis, who did play the thing, he did a really good job, especially with the thing voice. And apparently, back when he was a kid, the thing was his favorite character. And he, that yeah. was like a dream come true for him. I feel like the prosthetics is just like really cool. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. I, I really hope for the MCU Fantastic Four that we get like a mix of like, you know, because they like to CGI everything, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I would love that we just get like a mix of like, you know, like kind of like that prosthetic, but also mix it in. Well, CGI, that's like a good happy medium. It's possible. They did that with uh Man Thing on that um special presentation. Man Thing was like uh they made like a whole practical suit and then they CGI'd over it. It was like a mixture of the two. I think it's possible. Well, I would say like, you know, I still want the thing to be big, almost as big as the Hulk, but I feel like there's like a little like happy medium between the two, I suppose. Well, without further ado, are you ready to dive in, JC? Yep, I am. All right, let's dive in in this book collects five old school adventures featuring your favorite web-headed hero and his pal the walking matchstick follow them through the years from high school to present day from the negative zone to the coffee bean from dory evans to mary jane watson parker yes watson parker watson parker it's all here so okay this book soups for the people at home this book is a book that i've been wanting to do for a long time on this show and it's one of my favorites this is a five issue mini series featuring spider-man and the human torch written by dan slot and drawn by ty templeton i'm looking over to my right shoulder because the book is right next to me i'm gonna lift it up in camera this is what it looks like guys yeah uh and like Initially, I would say this book is just really, really good. This seems like a whole love letter to the two characters, especially to like the eras that it like shows. Each issue is like a different era within like the Spider-Man Fantastic Four landscape. It starts from the 60s and then goes through the 70s, 80s, and then to like present day, which is like 2005. But I liked it a lot. So what was your like initial thoughts when you like read this? Have you read this before, JC? I read like the first issue of the book. Um, but I didn't read the next, like, you know, the next couple issues um, before that. So when I came on, so before I came on this podcast, I made sure to read the first issue just so I can, like, you know, refresh my memory and then re- and then read the rest. And I very much enjoyed it. I got to say, like, you know, just get out this way. The uh, art is really good. It really feels like um, I like I have like this love for like art where it's just like it looks new. Like this comic art looks new, but it feels like very like, you know, like adapted from like you know the classics like in the 60s yeah it feels like very silver age while also being kind of like polished up to be new so i think the art is fantastic when it comes to the story also it's also great and i think like i like the formatting of it where it's just like you know one issue is just like different eras and whatnot and it really feels like you know it really feels good to like you know be a fan of both these characters and you see like you know be a fan of both these characters and you see like you know and like you know what's like happening in the background if you're like a really big family you know 
oh, issue, I believe issue four, this is when Peter has the black suit. Like, you know, Peter referenced, like, getting ahead of myself, Peter references the clone saga and, like, you know, issue five. That was funny as hell when he, when he referenced that. Like, I love that in the last yeah. issue. Uh, basically, Soups, what happens is that by the end of this issue, you basically find out, well, the Human Torch finds out that Peter Parker and Spider-Man are one and the same. Yeah. And so they meet up at their usual spot and they're just reminiscing over everything that's transpired throughout their entire friendship. And then Johnny is like, well, what about that one time where I helped you with so-and-so? And then Spider-Man's like, that's my clone. And he's like, or the other time, clone. Or this one time, clone. I'd rather just not talk about it. I love those meta jokes that were like throughout yeah. this entire thing. Like it was, just, it was just a fun ride. Yeah, and I think really um, something that I would have liked, you know, this isn't necessarily a flaw of the book, but something I would have liked, to, I probably would prefer to see. I kind of wish that the book was from, you know, the Human Torch's perspective, honestly. Because of course, like you know, maybe it's maybe it's like me being like obviously more of like a Spider-Man fan, knowing more about him. Maybe it's just like the fact that he's more popular. Like obviously, the fact that he's more popular is wise from like his perspective all the time. But like you know, but I think really like it would be interesting seeing like you know, especially comparing that, seeing that the book leads up to um, Peter Parker, you know, like Johnny Storm finding out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, which is a very hilarious reveal, by the way. Uh -huh. uh, and so I think it would have been good to see that, like, you know, see the whole story from his friend. Like, obviously we know, like, but, you know, he, the, but like, you know, Johnny doesn't know. And I think that would have been, that honestly would have been really cool to see, but especially considering like the dichotomy between the two, because like Johnny Storm is like a character with no secret identity. He's just a human torch. He just a celebrity. That's all he, that's like, that's who he is. Like, that's who everybody knows him as versus Peter Parker, where it's Peter Parker and it's Spider-Man. Like, so only a very little amount of people know who he is. And I think, like, yeah, that would have been served as a great dichotomy. But even then, overall, it's just like, you know, was, I like how it started. Like, let's start with issue one of just like, you know, Johnny Storm wanting to just like, you know, wanting to like, you know, get like his own photographer and, whatnot, and that photographer you know, being Peter and whatnot, and how the two kind of, like, kind of clash because, like, you know, of, like, the differences between them, where it's just, like, you know, um, a lot of people, when they talk, when they take about, when they think about Johnny Storm and Peter Parker, they think of them as, like, you know, they think of their jokester, their quipping, like, you know, personality, and, but then, like, you know, while that's, like, a core trait that they share, also the fact that they're both very young superheroes, mm -hmm. it's, like, they're, like, a lot of their, a lot of them is more different, obviously, like, a lot of, like, you know, they're more different. They're very different. You know, Peter having all this responsibility, being much more mature and responsible versus Johnny not being those things. And it serves for a good dynamic, especially to start with seeing them like butt heads. It's very like, you know, I feel it's very on brand. I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Peter, no, Peter uh, being Johnny's photographer and everything. I don't know about you, but did you, did you watch that one Fantastic Four animated series where it looked like uh it looked anime-esque or whatever World Race heroes i was just about to yeah earlier yeah i um i actually rewatched quite a few episodes last year when i was going through like a fantastic four hyperfixation yeah and reading this it made me think about that one episode where johnny hired a photographer and i know that behind the scenes that photographer was supposed to be peter parker but they couldn't say peter parker because of rights or whatever yeah like it just reminded me of that and like this is this book was just a whole ride like it was just joke after joke after joke especially the paste pot pete 
like mm-hmm. whole page or whatever which i think is like a pretty famous panel because every now and then i see that on like twitter or like other places where people just want to have a laugh or whatever just i don't know what would you say were, were, were a couple of your favorite moments in this book i say probably specifically issue one um just trying to think about it. it's just like probably like near the end where like you know um johnny storm where like johnny like gets all the credits and he and like of course spider-man is of course on his typical spider-man parker luck where it's just like, you know, oh, he's the menace, but Johnny Storm's a hero and whatnot. And I think like that's also very like, you know, I think that's like, you know, the reason why I really like that moment is because of how, again, that dichotomy between Peter and Johnny, Peter having a secret identity and Johnny not having like a secret identity and just being like, you know, and just being like kind of like this celebrity and whatnot. And it comes like, I feel I like this, like, you know, I like it more when it comes to like, you know, full circle to the very end of the book where we see where like, you know, we, see how johnny really feels about peter parker's life and i think it really i think like that part is just specifically just like probably like my favorite part to see and whatnot but like oh also just like you know peter like peter slash spider-man just like butting head with johnny like seeing like those moments of course like the pedo pedo pots like you know the little like you know joke near that near the end mm-hmm. um that's like you know also very hilarious and whatnot so i think it was like a very like good start probably okay okay is issue one your favorite out of the whole thing or would you say like it's like not your favorite it's not my favorite i think my favorite is probably it's probably like issue three or five because five because like kind of like the wholesome ending but also three because like also five because it features mary jane of course that's like you know my that's one of my favorite characters of all time um, an issue Listen, we're in the same boat here. Like, exactly. she stole the show. Honestly, this whole book, like, she stole the damn show, if I'm being quite exactly. honest. Like, as she always does, Mary Jane really did steal the show in that last issue. Yeah, like, my favorite, like, my favorite, like, line from her was saying, where was when somebody asked, wasn't there a man saying this to you? And she said, if you, if you noticed there was someone standing next to me, I'm slacking. I thought that was perfect. <laughs> but that specifically... Um, we'll get to like, you know, reason why I like that issue when we get to it, but also issue three, I'm just trying to make sure I, I'm trying to remember that I have the, if I have like the right numbers, because that talks about like, you know, Gwen's death. Yeah. yeah issue three, issue three. Cause I remember issue two was, um, issue two was like, you know, that actually like kind of had like the coffee bean and with like, you know, Gwen and, um, MJ and Harry and whatnot. So yeah honestly the whole thing when i was reading it i was thinking about how this book really could have been animated like the pacing of this was just fantastic it it just i don't know yeah it it was the pacing was just fantastic like the pacing felt like it was cinematic but also felt like it could have been lended itself to animated series in all honesty i still feel like if disney wants to do something with marvel i'd say have a short, just do shorts or whatever. Do 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 a Spider-Man and Human Torch short. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I would love if like Disney and Marvel took some more like you know cues from like, well like you know definitely the DC animated films are can be hit and miss. I think like it's still ultimately good in conception. So I would love to see like more Marvel like animated shows like this and whatnot. Exactly. All right. So with this first issue, personally, I the only like takeaways I have with this first issue is that Johnny really did come off as a dick in this first yeah. issue, uh, especially when he had Peter as his photographer. And did we even find out if Peter even got paid for it or not? I don't know. Not sure. I, I don't remember. 
I don't remember either. Uh, ultimately, you know, some stuff happens. Johnny then wants to go after Dr. Doom, ends up getting frozen in the process, and yeah. it actually gave us the best joke I've read in a minute within a comic, where basically Spider-Man saves him, and he starts picking away at the ice and then accidentally picks off his hair. I love that. I love that. Especially, perfect joke for Johnny, considering who he is and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then he like, and then Ben is just roasting him and whatnot because like, you know, that's that's just their dynamic and whatnot. And exactly. Yeah. I think the best part was that fucking panel where uh, the thing had on just Johnny's hair as like a hairpiece, and then it just crumbled. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love I love those two dynamic those two dynamic. Um, but also um, another reason why I like him. You know, going back to what you said earlier about Johnny being a dick is like you know another reason why i would like to see you know this like book from like johnny's point of view is because i feel like johnny gets like very like you know um i feel like in some cases people can just like you know focus in on that johnny being like this high-headed dick jerk type character and whatnot and not seeing like other you know other sides of him like his other like you know very like you know his other like very like soft sides and whatnot i think like you know um i think it would have been interesting to see that especially seeing how like you know with um spider-man is that same tried and true story we've mm -hmm. seen with spider-man like over and over again like never gets old but at the same time it's still tried and true where like you know something happens and then by the something happens and like you know by the end of it he's the one who gets unlucky and whatnot i think it would have been cool to see to just see like john's perspective of that specifically yeah I feel like the book was very like Spider-Man focused. Now I know this came out like a little bit before uh, Dan Slot took over. Ooh, I'm about to write yeah. my favorite character. Which, yeah. okay, it's, it's fine. I get it. I don't know. I feel like. Do, do you think the five issues was a little too short? Do you feel like it, it could have been like maybe they could have like squeezed an issue or two more in there? I think like you know I kind of feel like either way like it's where it's like in that sweet spot where like I would I wouldn't mind more. But I think I'm fine with the five issues that we got. Like it doesn't need more, but you you would have been okay with it did. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it did a really good job of wrapping up the entire story um between the five issues. And the story itself was very loose, which i I was okay with. Uh ultimately, soups, the story of this book was just telling the friendship between Spider-Man and uh Human Torch. And it goes from them first meeting each other. And it talks about how they hate each other and not even really hating. It's more of an envy. And then by issue three is when we really get them to figure out that they have some more things in common. And uh, and then by the last issue, they come to an understanding. I think the the crux of their envy primarily happened with an issue two where they swapped places. Yeah. Not a body swap. They just decided to just be like, hey, you know what? You think you can take my job? Then I guess. You, let's just swap for the day and that what makes it funnier actually yeah that makes it 10 times funnier just like literally just it's literally peter shows up to like you know the fantastic car and then he's like um and then like he's just or like the ship not the fantastic car but like you know he shows up to like the fan to like the ship and saying hey yeah uh we're just switching places so uh let's go mm. <laughs> And what happens, like, is just a whole freaking ride. You you then have Johnny just doing some organized crime. Well, not doing organized crime. <laughs> no, he's having to stop organized crime because 
it's the late 70s. Spider-Man is fighting mobsters and all the other type of shit like he didn't it does around that time. So Johnny is going to be taking down some drug lords and the drugs were called Zoomers, which that was such yeah. a weird name. That's such a weird name. Like, wait, what? Because only because like, obviously, this is like 18 years after this book came out. And I'm thinking of Zoomers, like, you know, in terms of like Gen Z, like plus Boomer. That's how I'm thinking of it. Yeah, I was getting those vibes. I then was also thinking about that uh, one sound. Is this fucking play about us? <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, but no, it it, it it was interesting, and then you got to see the ways that they do it. I think the funniest thing that came out of this is when Johnny like flew over there with the Human Torch powers, and he's like, "Oh shit, they know it's me." So then he's like, "Okay, I'm just going go by myself." He goes up there, gets his ass knocked out instantly. Yeah, and just I don't know. I liked it, especially the whole punchline is that Spider-Man basically f- fucked up his time with the Fantastic Four because of his webs yeah. being everywhere and shit. And then Johnny, on the flip side, is doing an amazing job. It was great to see. It was a nice little, like, if it, these felt like mini episodes from a TV show. Exactly. And I feel like that really, like you said, this is where the envy really comes in and kind of, like, ties back into, like, the final issue where, like, you know, these, like, you know... um Probably because, like, just thinking about who Peter is and who Johnny is, Peter, like, you know, is, like, of course, dealing with these, like, you know, with the street-level stuff. Like, his powers are very, like, street-level oriented. You know, super strength, climb up, like, super strength, but not, like, you know, the greatest strength in the world. He can climb up walls, like, you know, like, swing on webs. And for his Johnny, he can literally turn on fire and whatnot. And so I think, really, like, you know... um, Really, like, you know, it was always going to be, like, you know, but seeing how, like, Johnny is an irresponsible one, but Peter is a mature one, like, Johnny's the irresponsible one with more powerful powers and more, like, you know, power that can just, like, you know, quickly damage you like that. Versus Peter being the mature one who can, like, very much, like, you know, it's, like, it's powers, like, easier, easier to control, easier to hold back. And I think, like, you know, that makes it, like, you know, all the more interesting to see, like, how Johnny probably handles this. And how Peter really handles his time with the Fantastic Four, which I thought was also hilarious. How, like, you know, where, like, you know, Peter thought he was doing something correct. And then turns out it wasn't. And that they, they had, like, two minutes to get out of there, get out of here. But, like, while I was reading it the other day, it was very, I think I cracked, like, you know, because I love it. I love that. I love seeing, like, Marvel. Um, I love seeing just, like, how, like, you know, how, like, crazy this world is that they can just casually say, Oh yeah, me and like Reed, me, Reed, and the rest of the Fantastic Four, we're going to this dimension that opens like only once in a, in like ten thousand years, and he just casually says that like that's no big deal. But that was like hilarious. I'm like, that's a crazy thing to do, but and Spider-Man's like, sure, I'll go. Yeah, he was hella excited to go, and yeah. like the fact that he fucked it up and he <laughs> with the webs, which I mean, he did save them, but. Yeah. He fucked up the entire thing. Yeah, exactly. And because mm-hmm. I personally like it where Peter, because this is like, you know, um, because my personal, because like my personal opinion when it comes to Peter's intelligence, mm-hmm. I like it when Peter is like a realistic, like kind of like, I don't like when he's like a Reed Richards or like, you know, a Tony Stark level intelligent person. Like, I feel like you should be able to find like a Peter Parker in like your average EP class in high school. And I think like, you know, 
And I think like this like issue definitely kind of like plays to that where it's just like he's not like the most intelligent person in the world. Like, you know, he's still very intelligent, just like, you yeah. know, like, he still like can make those fuck ups, like, you know, like where he did. Like between this and also like his very first issue of like where he literally breaks into the Fantastic Four building to impress them, it just like shows that Peter is very much still kind of a dumbass a little bit. Yeah, like he's very headstrong. And I think that's one of the things I like about Spider-Man. Spider-Man is somebody who thinks with his like, he doesn't like, he just jumps into situations instead of yeah. actually thinking it through sometimes, which is ironic because he's a very smart guy. Exactly. Uh, and I think what's one of the things I like about Spider-Man too is that like he has a whole attitude. Like he, yeah. he has a really like big can-do attitude, which I wish the movies kind of showed a little bit more, but yeah, we're not talking about the movies, talking about the comics. <laughs> yeah. And I think really that's like, you know, that really is why his dynamic with the Human Torch feels so good, like feels so good because just like, these two characters were like on like a very surface level. They seem like, you know, other than like the quip, the jokes, they seem like very different. But then when you look at them, you're all like, okay, yeah, they're both kind of hot-headed. They're both, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, they're kind of both kind of like head first. They both kind of make these really dumb decisions. Like, yeah, one may be obviously more mature, more responsible than the other one. And like one may like, you know, but that may be just because like, hell, you could maybe say that Peter would be a lot like Johnny if it wasn't for like Uncle Ben's death and he still had those powers and whatnot. And like, yeah, yeah. and like even It'd with Johnny, arrogant. exactly. And yeah, with like, even with Johnny um, being like, you know, still like having like responsibilities as a member of the Fantastic Four, it's like not really comparable as comparable to like Peter, where it's just like, he's kind of like on his own doing this thing versus Johnny, who's like, you know, obviously he has a team, he has like Reed being like, you know, he has Reed and Sue being above him, telling him, hey, don't do all that crazy stuff and whatnot. And where like Johnny kind of gets that balance where like, okay, he can still be responsible. He can still learn how to be mature without like going completely off the rails versus Peter, where he just had to like, something really bad had to, had to happen to him for him to really understand that. So I think like seeing that like, seeing that the gap between these two characters aren't isn't very big is really what makes their dynamic interesting and why is it my personal well probably my second favorite superhero dynamic peter has with my first being daredevil Ooh, no but i really like his interactions with daredevil and uh like i would say i remember the first time daredevil found out that he was spider-man was during the death of gene DeWolf. great my, honestly one of my favorite issues within spider-man but i gotta say i like just his like relationship with the human torch a little bit more but maybe yeah. it's because i like his relationship with the fantastic four as a whole yeah because course. out of all the fantastic fours like extended family if you will i think the one who is like the closest to home would be spider-man yeah and i think really i think really like kind of like daredevil and human torch kind of represent like two different sides of peter it's mm -hmm. like daredevil right here Human Torch right here, and you just have Peter in the middle. And what exactly. I wish I think I really like, but also, like you said, like, you know, kind of like both as, like, you know, in terms of like what Peter goes through, like Peter's personality and like, and like who he is represents two different sides of Peter, but also like kind of how, like, you know, you know, the Fantastic Four, how like Peter, Spider Man has always been like a character, even though I feel it's mostly three level, he's always been a character simply just because he's the most popular character. So mm -hmm. a character that just like goes back and forth between like street level and like kind of like you know this big large scale level simply just because you know he's the most popular but like more so street level than anything and when it comes time for that like you know larger scale like like this larger scale 
you know, universe threat is like definitely like kind of like closely tied with the Fantastic Four or whatnot. So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty good. And I think like, you know, um, we can go back, we can come back to like his overall relationship with the Fantastic Four once we get to issue five, which is some of like, my favorite moments of like, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think they had like the best ending ever. Yeah. Like, uh, I would say the one thing before we talk a little bit more about issue three is there's a line that Johnny Storm says when he's like doing all the shit that Spider-Man's doing against the, the organized crime. Cause turns out Craven the Hunter is the one who's like peddling the drugs or whatever. Yeah. And he and when he gets to the abandoned zoo, he's like, I swear it seems like all Spidey's adventures come in under budget. <laughs> this book has so many fucking moments where I'm just out loud laughing. Yeah, and it's been a minute since the book has done that. Like, this isn't my first time reading this book, but I haven't read this book in like uh, a couple of years. Yeah, and it still got me to laugh. Like, yeah. I love this, and honestly, Dan Slot, I think this is like some of your best work. If I'm being quite honest with you, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So our third issue, which I think this might be my personal favorite issue, yeah, is about the Spidey Mobile, the Spider Mobile. Mm-hmm. I gotta say. I know JC touched on this at the, um, a little bit a little bit ago about the exposition where we learned heard him talk about Gwen Stacy, and I just liked how this exposition really told the reader, "Okay, guys, this is the next issue. Some years just passed, but for people who don't know, we'll do a decade, which era we're trying to like invoke and talk about. We'll set the stage." He's having this whole exposition talk about what's been going on. Turns out he's also like on top of the bridge where Gwen died and he's talking about how he missed Gwen. I loved that shit. And in my notes, I put that this miniseries, honestly, well, I think it, it it's one of the greatest retcons I've ever seen. Would this even technically be a retcon? I mean, I, I feel like it would be because they already were friends, but it's like contextualizing even more of their friendship. Yeah. by having new stories in there so i would say it's kind of a retcon i feel it i feel it yeah i think definitely because like i feel like the gwen death era has always been like you know kind of like my favorite like kind of like the like the post gwen death has always been like some like my favorite type of like spider-man stories to like you know really like you know read and really like you know think about because of the fact that like you know that's when like you know we see stuff like child within that's when we see like peter finally like being with mary jane i feel like a lot of great moments come from after, like, you know, Gwen dies, which is why probably why this issue, like, probably stuck so, like, like struck, like, you know, like, stuck so much to me because, like, you know, I think overall just seeing, like, how, like, Peter and Johnny and both, like, a very, like, you know, um, Johnny being pretty empathetic to Peter, seeing, like, his, like, softer side, his more, you know, human side and the less, like, like, the more, like, you know, okay, I'm going to come for you and the less of, like, oh, I'm just a total, like, cocky jerk and whatnot seeing just like both these two kind of like come together and really just like you know kind of like talk about this really was just a very just a very like you know good thing to like really like you know see it was nice i think another thing too is that this is where the art really shined for me because the previous one the colors were a little bit more muted but it still looked retro but by this third issue is when it got more like poppy and like 70s looking and they even added like the dot coloring in there and like ty templeton i love his art so much like this is fantastic and it's so interesting because like you were saying jc a little bit ago he's able to replicate like the old school artists like romita 
uh i would even primarily romita i'd say this is a lot of like romita stylings but even like other people's stylings as well i'd even say maybe john byrne i don't know because uh, the next issue after this, is, it does invoke like John Byrne's Fantastic Four stuff, but it's like so good. It's like he's able to keep his own style while still echoing the old stuff. Whereas I've seen a lot of people who try to do older stuff and they just end up replicating the person or they just miss yeah. the mark. I Ty Templeton like, really hit it on the head. Yeah, I think like it's really like, you know, that perfect like balance that I really like about like this entire comic when it comes to, like their art. Mm-hmm. I also think Ty Templeton's artwork could lend itself so well to animation. I know I already talked about this, but like it, like this made me want an animated series. I'm sorry, it really yeah. did. Like it kind of reminds me a little bit of like you know Spider-Man Freshman Year, the new cartoon that's yeah supposed to be coming out. That's a whole nother topic. Like I don't know what's the status of that, but L- listen, we don't know what the hell is happening with that. We really don't. Is it coming out? Is it canceled? Yeah. Well, apparently uh, there was some news about how they changed the animation studio to this Japanese studio. And a lot of yeah. people are theorizing that it's not going to be 2D anymore. Yeah, so we're going to have to see. But from what they showed us, it's a lot, it's something I, I, I want to show like that. I want to show that looks like that. It kind of reminds yeah. me of like, this type of style. Like, like it's something that's very stylistic, but also like... Just I don't know. It just feels comic booky. Like I loved seeing this type of stuff. Now I don't get me wrong. I love me some spectacular Spider Man. But like, if a show had this type of flair, I would like you know take my money, take exactly. my money. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think really like you know kind of like going back on the issue. Like you know I'm just like scrolling through right now just to refresh my memory. But like you know the scene where like you know Peter Parker and where Spider Man and Human Torch are driving is absolutely hilarious. Um, I love the spider car. I love how, like, you know, has it so it, like, climbs, like, you know, goes up walls. And, of course, like, you know, the joke at the end where, like, you know, he decides to keep the spider car for, like, one more thing. And then, like, you know, that's so he can, like, mess with Jameson, which is, like, perfect. Exactly. It it, it just ended really well. And I like that issue a lot. I think one of my favorite lines in the book. And let me grab it. Let me grab it. It's right here. Let me grab it. My favorite lines is when they're driving around and basically Peter is driving the car. He doesn't know how to drive. And the human torch is like taking him like on a driving lesson and they get stopped by the police. And he's like, let me guess, you don't have your driver's license. And the human torch is no, no human torch asks that question. And he's like, is there anything else I should know? And then Peter is like, I'm wanted for murder. And he's like, anything else? I think I'm pregnant. (laughs) That's probably my favorite joke, actually, in the entire in in this like issue. Yeah, Maybe the entire comic actually. That and I, the whole thing. Yeah, I I couldn't even I couldn't even choose what my favorite joke was because yeah. the next one in issue four, which is titled Cat Paws, that one takes place in the eighties. I love the art in that too, and that one even had like the best joke in there too. My favorite. Long story short, soups. This this is a black cat issue. It takes place in the eighties. The black cat is trying to steal something from the Wakandan embassy. Spider-Man wants no parts. She then gets the human torch to do it, to help her do it. And turns out, well, actually, no, I'm not going to spoil that ending for you guys. It's a really interesting ending. But, yeah, long story. Oops, sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. Go ahead. It's important to note that Peter Parker has this black suit now. Yes, yes, Yes. he does. It's like the the cover is really cool. 
where it just has like you know, I read this on Marvel Unlimited. I'm not sure they have like the covers in your book, Damon. Uh, I but... think they do. Let me. Okay. Yeah, Let me I see. really like how like you know everybody's in black and white. Like you know Peter, Johnny, and of course Black Cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's this right here. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that's a really cool like you know kind of having the fantastic for like black and white costume right here. Yeah, like it's a picture of for the soups at home. It's a picture of a black cat. They're in front of a front of a giant heart. She has Spider Man and the Human Torch on the side of her, and they're all in love. Yeah, cute little issue, very cute issue. And I, I feel like the Fantastic Four's black and white suits are underrated. Like exactly, exactly. Like I like to see like you know more of like a mix of them. Maybe like you know, dark blue, kind of like how, like, you know, the Raimi suit is, like, very, like, dark blue, yeah. where it kind of looks black in some shots. I'd love to see that with, like, a Fantastic Four suit in live action. I always thought it was, like, a dark, dark blue until, like, yeah. I would say, like, maybe 10 years ago, no, five, 10 years ago is when I realized, oh, wait, no, it's actually black and white. Yeah. And that's because of the 90s show, and the 90s show, they looked like a dark blue instead of just yeah. completely black. Exactly. Yeah. So, but we yeah. definitely, oops, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. Um, just about to mention that we see like more of the extended family, the Panthers first family at the beginning of the issue because She Hulk comes back, comes by. Yeah, I wasn't expecting She Hulk to be there, but I like that she was even added there too. And uh, basically, Johnny was trying to like flirt with her and everything, but he kind of like dropped the ball. Yeah, like I think like it's really like you know, like in this issue, we see like. It feels like definitely more of like Johnny's kind of like perspective. We see a lot more Johnny, a lot more like, you know, of like Human Torch, as in like, you know, because we see like, you know, the, um, we see like She Hulk, like more of the extended family. And um, also, was it this issue? Because one issue, Luke Cage made like a little cameo. Yeah. Was it this issue or the previous issue? I'm not too sure, but I do like that we saw in general, like, you know, a lot of the Fantastic Four extended family, because like, Luke K, She-Hulk, and of course, obviously Spider-Man being a part of that family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this uh, book, this issue took place during the time she was on the team, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, you know what? Yeah, I think Luke Cage was in the last issue. He was in the last issue because uh, Spider-Man was talking about how Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson hired Luke Cage to get rid of uh, Spider-Man or whatever. Exactly. Something like that. I gotta say, the best joke in this book was in this issue. And long story short, soups. Uh, Spider-Man is racing against time to stop the Black Cat from doing what she's doing with the Human Torch at the Wakandan Embassy. In the midst of this happening, there is a gigantic royal ball that's happening at the Wakandan Embassy. So Spider-Man's trying to infiltrate that. He's trying to blend in, find like suits or whatever. He gets into a security suit and he's like, you know, I gotta find another outfit. He then gets into a Wakandan bodyguard outfit. For those who don't know at home, Peter Parker is a white guy. <laughs> so he's like, okay, this will work. I'm going to blend in. Next panel, you see him walking into the wrong room, and it's like all the guards. They instantly know he's not with them. Funniest moment ever. Exactly. <laughs> I think I think it's up there with the time when uh during um Straczynski's run where Peter got like braids when he was in Wakanda. Uh, love, <laughs> love that one. Love, love that one. Love that one. I would love to see it in live action if it wasn't kind of problematic, but what you know? Oh my god, just imagine Tom Holland just sitting there in Wakanda. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he gets a pass because he's he's dating the biracial girl, but we'll maybe. See. 
Maybe, maybe. You know what? I'm I'm very pro black, so you know I probably would be like, oh damn you Disney. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, it's kind of funny. But the serious side of me is just like, you know what? I'm gonna let this slide. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like on the topic of Black Panther, like another like member, like a lot of people consider the extended family, like being Black Panther or whatnot. You know, of course, like I really like you know because I've always liked seeing like how like you know. Black Panther like debuted in the Fantastic Four comedy, the scene like him kind of like still hold that like relationship to them, even though his first appearance he beats all of their asses and whatnot. He does. He kicks their ass like he mops the floor with every single yeah. one of them. Yeah, like you know, like this is like slightly like you know because obviously this is the top, but I really like kind of like the Black Panther like cape suit that he has in this issue. I, you know, I I wish uh, we could have seen the cape in the movies. Yeah, because I and I wish in in comics currently he had the cape back. I, does, I don't think he has the cape back this as of now. But the cape was fucking epic. I liked the cape a lot. Exactly, exactly. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, really like you know. I think overall, like this is like this issue in particular, just really like you know, very much like intertwines like a lot of different other like Marvel characters besides like you know just like Spider Man and Fantastic Four characters. With like you know that being with that being Black Panther and She Hulk. Um, and then so like because I've always liked how like you know how just really like something I've always like what attracts me to like really you know superhero universes and comics is the fact that like you know a character can just like just like casually show up for a couple minutes and then just like kind of like just leave and it's just like no really like really no big deal and I think that's the thing I really like that like oh yeah of course they're going to like you know a little like you know um, something like some event at the Wakanda embassy like Spider-Man the Human Torch and Black Cat because you know those things can happen. Mhm. Yeah. I liked the issue a lot, but I it was fun, I would say. It wasn't my favorite issue. I felt like it was just a lot of fluff, but I liked it a lot though still. It was still an, inter- an enjoying an inter- entertaining ride. The yeah. Crown Jewel, I would say, would be the last issue called Together Again, which takes place in present day and by present I mean 2005. And by present, I mean prior to Marvel deciding that Spider-Man couldn't be with Mary Jane. Yeah, her name's Mary Jane Watson Parker in this next issue for a reason. Yes, hyphen Parker. Yeah. Uh, and also, they allowed Peter to grow up a little bit. But you know what? I'm not throwing shade at Marvel. Yeah. I'm not. Maybe I'm 2005 not. should just be that. Maybe we should just eternally live in 2005. That was a good year. Honestly, in my head canon, Spider-Man... Kinda ended in two thousand five. Like in my status quo, in my head canon, Peter and Mary Jane—they're still married. He's still a high school teacher, yeah. uh, and then maybe he like teaches some college classes on the weekend. Boom. Yeah, we'll get. Yeah, we'll get to like depth of the teaching and how I really like that next issue. Together again. That's the issue that we're going on to right now. This is the last issue, the big magnum opus, and it opens up with them meeting at their usual place, which is. the statue of liberty and they're just talking and they then have like a little flashback of what happened earlier in the night and i gotta say this issue also has another famous panel or page of information basically peter is having an assembly at his high school that's happening that night which i don't understand why it was happening at night though if it's a assembly that's weird yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, maybe it's like mm. some sort of like meeting or something like that. I don't know. Because I had some of that mm. where like, you know, there would be have like 
like there there would be like some like you know parents meaning like you know after school so back when I was in elementary so who knows but yeah maybe or it could have been like a game was happening but then again like Johnny Storm was there he's famous but then again the kids don't really care so I don't know I don't know but for some reason big event a huge portion of Peter's students are there along with other students from the school they're all there Johnny Storm is revealed to be the special speaker there. The students don't give a damn that Johnny Storm is there. They don't really care. Uh, there's just one girl who's reading a Vogue issue. And if you look closely, you can see who's on the cover of Vogue. It's Mary Jane. Yeah. And her and the other students. So the girl and the other students are talking about how, like, why don't we get people who are actually interesting in to do these type of, like, assemblies or conversations or talks or whatever? And they're talking about Julia Roberts or Gwen Stefani, 2005. But you know what? That They're still relevant yeah, today. Sarah Jessica Parker as well. Oh, Sarah Jessica Parker? Yeah, they mentioned because like they said, like, you know, when they managed to reveal that Mary Jane is Peter's wife, they're like, you know, oh, Mary Jane Watson Parker, OMG. What about Sarah Jessica Parker, too? That was a funny joke. So like, Well, OK, that was actually, yeah, that was kind of funny. Even Yeah, OK. OK, OK. I, 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 I could buy that. I could buy that. Yeah. Basically, uh, fucking, <laughs> they're saying all this different type of stuff, and then the panel you see like a woman in some high heels walking, and the sound says click, 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 click down the hallway, and Mary Jane walks in, walks past the students. All the students are shook because they're like, "Isn't she the famous supermodel?" Oh yeah, that's Mary Jane Watson Parker. Apparently, she's dating someone within our school. And then everyone puts two and two together that the Parker that she's dating, well, no, married to is Peter Parker. And Johnny Storm has a whole fit and is like, are you serious? You are the Parker that she's married to? Yeah. And Mary Jane was there to drop off lunch. That was all she was there for. Exactly. I think that's like just incredible and whatnot. But of course, that doesn't like that. It doesn't end there because then there's a hostage situation. And yeah, the way because, okay, so there's like a seat so there's like you know also like they're in the middle of school here's in like the middle of like you know a bunch of people he can't really turn like go spider-man mode quite without really his identity so he has to find a way to so he has to just straight up reveal that he's spider-man to the human torch and it's so funny like you know he just like makes a bunch of like spider motions with his hand and then points to himself and then johnny's like you gotta be kidding me you're spider-man that was the funniest thing ever. Like Ty Templeton does a really good job of like drawing those emotions, and then even the panel lay panel layouts were just helping a lot too. Like it's the fact that Peter was doing that, and then like Johnny's like, "Okay, what the fuck are you doing?" Like his face is like, "Okay, and like you know, I, I know you know Spider Man." Okay, okay, and then when he finally puts it together, his whole face goes like dead, and he's like, "No, but you gotta be kidding me!" No, like. I think moments like that is what really makes this movie, this not movie, this whole this book a whole like gem. And like when it ultimately ends and they're talking and having their little heart to heart about how Johnny didn't know and he tells him why. And then they basically just like admit that they envied each other for a long time. I think this has the most wholesome ending that I've read yeah. in comics. I'd say top five, maybe. Cause in the end, uh Johnny invites Peter and his family over for dinner. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, seeing Reed, I believe it's Reed who tells like, you know, Peter, like, I think like, you know, um, Franklin asks, hey, like, who's that? And he's at Peter Parker. That's like, you know, 
they're like oh, that was the other thing. That was the thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's family and whatnot. And I love the moment where, like, you know, where, like, you know, um, Peter says, "Yeah, Uncle Ben's they usually know best." Like that was very like you know heartwarming. That was so sweet. Yeah, that was yeah. so sweet. Like I and I, you know, reading that and then seeing the last page, which was a photo album of all the different times where they got together and hung out. It was really just heartwarming, and it also kind of made me sad because I was like sitting there thinking, like, "Oh, Spider Man, I, I I wish we had this again." But hey, yeah, we, yeah. But that's a whole other conversation for another day. We'll talk about JC. So, my question for you, since we just got done talking about a huge chunk of this book, how would you write this book, and do you think it will stand the test of time? I think I would probably rate it like a good like you know eight nine out of ten. Um, I think definitely like it's a very good like you know because um, a lot of people like we mentioned earlier when we talk about like you know how a lot of people think comics are hard to get into. Unfortunately, a reason why people think comics are hard to get into is because of like the older like dialogue and like the older like you know um, the older arts. Like for example, when I went to go when I you know started reading some like older issues of Fantastic Four, which like some of the some of the dialogue is just like, you know, like, it's just like, you know, I don't hold it against it because like it was the 60s, but I'm just still like, but I, I still, it's still hard to read. And mm-hmm. I think really like, you know, any like book that really kind of like, you know, very much encapsulate, like do a good job like encapsulating, like honoring what came before, but also kind of like modernizing it for like new audiences is always a very good book to read. I think this like right here is a good job. Like, you know, going back to what I said earlier about the art, the art is phenomenal it's um the arts phenomenal the arts like you know um it's very like reminiscent of like you know like the eras that it represents and whatnot and i think like you know it's definitely like something that i would recommend when it comes to um when it comes to like you know people like you know when thinking about like peter's main dynamic with other superheroes because i feel like you know um, i feel like you know with like you know i don't want to go into a whole like tangent like into like you know different like issues i had with peter like with like you know maybe like, you know, Pierce and other superheroes and whatnot, like Iron Man in the MCU, or how a lot of people like, likes the Spidey pull dynamic. I like, I, I like to say that like, you know, cause I'm personally not a big fan of like the Spidey pull dynamic. I like to say that like Spidey, Spider-Man and the Human Torch is what people think Spider-Man and Deadpool is. I agree. Yeah, I think like mm. people should like go and really like you know if they want to figure out like you know spider-man like how does spider-man work with other heroes i think this is a very great example because like the two just have have a lot of interesting like potential that's very much explored upon with like you know them both being teenagers both they're both like them both being like hotheads them both like you know kind of having very cocky moments one more than the other obviously but like you know and it's very good especially seeing how like you know like when people think of like these characters and just seeing them on like a surface level type of way, I think this is a very good book to really like understand like you know how similar they are and how different they are. So I think this book is definitely going to stand the test of time. I love to see like you know more like you know like like Spider Man and Human Torch. That's always going to be like you know something in my heart and whatnot. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at the comic right now. I just love like the photo that we have at the the um, picture book we have where like you have Peter going on a mission with the Fantastic Four because. He said, like, you know, because Peter said, like, literally, like, you know, in this issue, when he reveals that thing, saying that I've been jealous of you because you get to go through on all these, like, cool adventures. Like, meanwhile, I'm kind of stuck here. 
exactly like it, it, it's interesting because at the end they kind of just like incorporate each other into each other's lives and it causes them to have a greater bond and a better understanding and everything uh that was just the most heartwarming thing especially seeing their like real their friendship grow to where it is and it's making me think about the time where they were like roommates i just i love their friendship so much yeah. especially when um dan slot like wrote uh in his run when nobody knew who spider-man was again and then peter decided to reveal his identity fantastic four for the first time for the second time almost and they all were like oh my god peter we missed you i loved that panel too yeah um but i i you know personally i would say this book stands the test of time i would give it a you know i'm going to say 10 out of 10 this is something that I can find myself rereading. This is something I can find myself laughing at it again, all over again. And I feel like this would be a book that I'd recommend somebody who wants to get into comics. Exactly. Uh, if someone wants to know a little bit more about Spider-Man, if someone wants to see him interact with the heroes, because I notice sometimes whenever I talk about the character and tell them that he does not like people like that, they're kind of taken aback. Uh, he's a yeah. learner, but he, when there's people that really like, he, the Fantastic Four and him are like this, like they're exactly. tight. Like, and you know. You even hear, you even see that when, like, I think he took, he says this to Mary Jane um, when they came over for dinner, saying that, like, you know, it was either Mary Jane or Aunt May because, like, they were both in the scene where, mm-hmm. like, he says, where he says, like, oh, like, you know, this is like, you know, Avengers. That's like work. This is friend. Like, these people are my friends. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because I'm thinking about when he, because this is around the era when Spider-Man moved Mary Jane and Aunt May into the Avengers Mansion. No, Avengers Tower. And I remember there's an issue where Wolverine says something a little, like, uh, messed up, directed towards Mary Jane. And he threw Wolverine off the top of the damn building, through the damn glass and everything, because Mm -hmm. of that shit. Like, the Avengers always felt like coworkers, but when he's around them, that's family. Like, Exactly. exactly. And I just love that interaction and everything. So I would say this definitely does stand the test of time. But the real question that I have for you guys, Supes, is do you think so? Please be sure to let us know here at Super Saturdays. Be sure to let us know through our Instagram, Super Saturdays Podcast, our TikTok at Super Saturdays Pod, and Twitter at Super Saturdays PC. Your messages and reviews can make their way on the show. This was Super Saturdays. I'm Damon. I'm JC. And where can they find you, JC, if you want to give any socials? All right. Um, you can find me at the JC Elliott, E L L I O T T, two L two T's on Instagram and on Twitter. All right. See you next Saturday, soups. <laughs> <laughs>